cliffcentral.com Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com Welcome to Future CEOs. It's Thursday afternoon. That means I get to sit next to the lovely Fluvian Boy. How are you? Oh, Fluvian Boy, Arnold, I beg your pardon. How are you? I did miss you last week, Gareth. I did. I knew you did. <laughs> that, that's why I'm sounding so energetic and, and happy to be with you today. Good to have you back, friend. Oh, thank you very much. Last week was a fantastic conversation. You were speaking all about women and how they can be architects of society. Wonderful, a- wonderful, uh, um, dynamic, wise, intuitive woman that I had on the panel with me. Mm. And you know, as we, uh, as we always say, half an hour is way too short for a great conversation. And how do we, how do we top that? How do we, how do we get better and better? And it's sometimes difficult, but it isn't difficult today. Not we've today. Got a, we've got another great guest who's not a stranger to future CEOs. But before we go into what we're doing today on the show, very quickly tell everyone who, no, the, who should be listening to the show. I think you haven't been here, so I think you tell the people who should be listening okay, to the show. Okay, Just okay, to warm you up for the show, Gary. <laughs> well, if you are young, up coming entrepreneur and you want to fast track the growth of your business or perhaps you are that individual you're sitting in this, uh, this cubicle somewhere and you're looking at that corner office and you're saying that is going to be mine well then this is the show for you I mean, because what, what are you saying you're a future CEO either of your own business or this uh, global corporation that you're just starting out and yeah, we, we, what do we do here we cover all content that um, is going to help you to Move as quickly as possible, as high as possible. Um, and I think we shouldn't say turn you in from a, a paper airplane into a jet, maybe into a rocket ship, right? Okay. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't have done it better myself. Well done. Let's so move we, on. What are we doing in the show today? Don't ask for funding until... No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Don't ask for funding until... Let me, let me say it differently. Okay. Don't you dare <laughs> ask for funding until... I think that's the better way to say it. This is a great conversation. This is a great conversation. I'm all ears. So we're talking about funding and and how often what people do is they send business plans and we get them on an, on a very regular basis where they want funding but they haven't provided us with a whole bunch of other things that really are essential to get funding. We've got a fantastic guest in studio very quickly before before we go over to him. Uh, the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about MBA. And the question is to MBA or, or not, not to, to MBA. MBA? Another great conversation that we had at LeaderX a little while great ago. Great hour ahead of us. A great hour ahead of us. Let's go to our guest. Luby, please introduce, uh, who's, uh, again, someone that's not a stranger. Clive, please introduce yourself. Please introduce yourself. Oh, thanks. Uh, and uh, often to your guest. Yes, it's Clive Butker. I'm the CEO of the Grotech uh, Section 12 Joe Venture Capital Company. Uh, we launched the company in uh, February. We raised about 62 million. We're now on the second capital raise. We're raising hopefully another 38 million to get us to 100 million. And that's my current life as a venture capitalist. But my previous life, I was the CEO of Accenture South Africa. And I spent most of my working life uh, at Accenture. And now really trying to give back and help entrepreneurs grow their businesses. The last time you were on the show, the feedback that we got from the, uh, from our listeners was, wow, get him back. We've got you back. We're very g- glad to have you back. But we have you back for a very important conversation. And you sound like you're the right guy to be able to guide us. How do we start here? What's the best way to start? I, I think maybe let me introduce it this way. I, I watched a TED Talk the other day in preparation for the show. And the individual that was on stage... Was the founder of Idea Lab, or Ideas Lab, or Idea Lab rather, um, and uh, that's a, a very large business over in America, and they've started hundreds of businesses um, over the last, I think, twenty years. And he said there are, there are five areas that are most the most important consideration when you are starting a business. First, it's the idea, then it's the team, 
business model, timing, and then only funding. I would completely disagree. I would say let's start with the money and raising funding because how am I going to do anything without that? But clearly this is what we've come to discuss yeah. in the first half hour of the show and we've got our expert right here. Clive, don't ask for funding or you better not ask for funding until... Tell us more about our conversation today and what your experiences have been with entrepreneurs on this topic. So I'll talk about my actual experience. I mean, since we've launched GrowTech, uh, we've had, I've probably seen about 250 business plans, um, yeah. some not business plans, some half a pager, some 50 pages, but, and we probably got down to discussions with about 10 or 20 of those entrepreneurs and we in, uh, final discussions with about four. It's oh, so, wow. uh, roughly about 300. So it's about one in, in 100, one, or one in 80, something like that. So mm. as, as I think the listeners must hear, not many people, entrepreneurs mm. will get funding. Mm. And not necessarily they won't get funding, but what I'll try and help today is to help them improve their, their risk of getting funding. But let me start at the outset and just make sure the entrepreneurs understand that a lot of entrepreneurs believe that by raising capital, if it's, if it's from an angel investor or from a venture capitalist, it actually validates their business model. And the first thing I like to teach entrepreneurs Raising capital does not validate your business model. Interesting. Customers validate your business model. You have to get customers. So mm. you might be lucky to raise capital. Maybe there's a full family or friend that gives you capital, but that doesn't justify your business model. All that does potentially, if it's not a good business, it gives you a, a longer runway to fall correct, over the cliff. Correct. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So I, I want to demystify that. Capital doesn't justify your business model, but there are other ways of getting capital. So let me tell you what I would do if I was in a young entrepreneur. I've got a great idea and I want to raise capital. I think the best thing to do is what I call customer funding or boot strapping. So you've got an idea. There's so many ideas today. No one funds ideas. People fund fund businesses. They don't mm. fund ideas. Ideas are not tradable. And I think mm. people need to understand that. Mm. So let's talk about a technology business specifically because technology businesses are today, an internet business today, to start an internet business today is probably um, in, in 2000 it was about $5 million. Today it's $50,000. So if in rands, it, it's about a thousand times cheaper today to start an internet business, a web-based business in, in, in the last 16 years. So literally you can fund it with your credit card. You can fund that from your, from your family and, and, yeah. and, and, and your friends. Hopefully not the fools because those <laughs> yeah. guys have too much money and they want to put their money into with taking enormous risks. Mm. So if you want to start an internet business and there's a lot of good technology people out there, that's the way to do it. And, and what I propose to all entrepreneurs before you try and raise capital is, first of all, get customers. Get customers to fund your business. The best funding for a business today, for an entrepreneur or business, is customer funding. Mm. And why is that? Two reasons. One is it's non Can you just explain customer funding quickly for so us lower-level entrepreneurs? So customer funding is where yeah. you take your product. It might just be an early-stage product. Maybe it's even just a prototype. And you take it to a customer and you work with a customer. And you get You go and find out what problem you're trying to solve because – why, what entrepreneurs do is solve so problems. problems. That's yeah. what business is all about. And that's what business is all about. So you go to your customers and you say, I can solve this problem. They say, I love it. If you can deliver that, I will, you know, I will buy them for, and I'll pay that price for it. Mm. And you ask your customers, and this is how I've grown a lot of businesses in the past, is get them to fund it. So get them to pay in advance for whatever you're going to build. And if you can do that, and, and a lot of customers fund, if you don't ask, you definitely won't get it. But if you ask, often customers will fund your business. And they'll either fund it at the idea stage or they'll fund it at a prototype stage or they'll fund it at what we call a minimal viable product. So you show them what you've got. They say, wow, I love this. It will solve my problem. I've got a, a major pain. This will solve that, that pain. And you get your customers to fund it. Now, why is it so important? Because for one reason, it's non-dilutive. So you're not giving 
you're not getting capital to give equity away. You get capital from yes. the customers, but you give not, you still own whatever you, the 100% of your business. So it's yes. non-dilutive, which, okay. is, which okay. is very important for an entrepreneur. Because yes. if you give too much of your business away too quickly… That was going to be one of my questions. I mean, when you're asking for funding or capital, obviously you're going to have to give what percent of your company are you going to have to give away. You know what I mean? So that could be a bit of a distraction when you are trying to raise money to create the business. And that's absolutely right. You know, I'll just digress for one second. But often I see entrepreneurs coming to me and they own 20% of their business. I say, mm. you don't excite me because 20% doesn't get you out of bed. If I take 30%, then you only own 14% or whatever the percentage is. It's not, it's not enough. And they said, but Clive, I needed capital early on and they gave 50, 60, 70% of their businesses away. And often what you do is by doing that, you actually prejudice yourself of actually raising a bigger round like for myself like a venture capitalist. Mm. Because I want to make sure – I want to take a minority stake in a business and I want to make sure there's entrepreneurs, uh, um, plural – are incentivized to get out of bed every day, work 16 hours a day, that they have enough equity in their business. And if they don't have enough equity in their business, they're probably just going to walk away because it's hard. It's hard to build a business. So the, the first thing I say, don't try and raise capital too early from an angel investor, from whoever you want to raise it from, a venture capitalist, because they're going to take half or most of your business away. So let me just jump in here very, very quickly. Uh, would, does it impress you as a venture capitalist when someone has a uh, maybe a database or a, um, a book of clients that are potentially going to buy or have bought? Well, I think, I mean, what really impresses me is, and I, and I, and I, whenever I say to an entrepreneur that they say, Clive, how do I go and raise venture, money from a venture capitalist? And I say to them, start the conversations before you need the money. So mm. contact me perfectly through a soft introduction mm. because just through an email, there's so many emails coming through. It's not mm. that I don't want to contact you, but I've only got X number of hours in a day. So if you can find someone that knows me, give me a soft introduction, send me something you've got, and I'll say, okay, let me have a conversation. And I'll, I'll say to them, you're too early for me, but if you achieve that, that, and that milestone, and that milestone typically is getting two or three clients. If you're business to business, getting two or three clients. Yep. If you're business to consumer, go and bring me a 100 or 1,000 clients, whatever it might be. And if you can do that, come and show me where you are in three months' time. Mm. And come back in three months' time, you said, get three clients, I've actually got six. And I, you said to me, get 50,000 revenue, I've got 100,000 revenue. Now, you've got to understand that really, really impresses me. I'm not knocking on your door to give you my money. You're not knocking on my, my door anymore. So what I always said, something I learned in Silicon Valley many years ago was investors like myself invest in the lines. They don't invest in dots. And what okay. I mean by that is – Tell us what that means. Yeah. The first time I see you, you'll tell me, okay, I've just got a product or something, and I, and I look at the, the vertical axis is time and the horizontal axis is traction, and I'll say, I'll put the first dot to the bottom left-hand corner. Mm. The next time you see me, I've got three clients. I'm doing 50,000 rand a month, and I'll put the second dot that's going – Vertically up. Mm. The third time you see me two, three months down, you've got double that revenue. You're growing 10% month on month growth. You've got six more clients and suddenly I draw a line and it's going north and it's going in the right direction. Yep. And now I'm knocking on your door and I'm saying, I want to give you my capital. You're not even knocking on my door anymore. We've got to get a story straight from you to see you. I swear, I swear. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 I want to be on I, that curve. I like that. So, so investing in lines and not dots. Very, very, very nice. It's not a moment in time. It's a trend that you see. Absolutely. And, and I think what, what, a lot of people forget is that a venture capitalist there is uh, you're not just a source of funding you actually have a client and there's a, a certain kind of um, business model that you're applying as well and you essentially what you're trying to do with any business is you're trying to get up multiples of money 
Is that correct? So, uh, and I mean, if I, I think of GrowTech, and you, the last time we spoke about it, you spoke about a 30, 30% return or, was it, or a 30 times return. Which, which one was it? I don't remember. So typically, I think it's a, it's a great question you're asking that because I think one bit of advice to give to any, any entrepreneur, whoever you go and raise capital from, understand their business model. Don't only mm, understand exactly. your business yeah. model. So if you come to me for money, understand that I need a 10x return on my money. So let me give an example of that. So if I put 10 million rand, which is the average check size we do put into our business, if I put 10 million rand in and I get 20% of your business, I want to get a 10x return on that money over five years. So my 10 million needs to become 100 million. So it means I, we need to sell your business for 500 million that will get a 10, we'll, we'll get a 100 million, you'll get the 400 million, and we're all going to make, uh, we're all going to sing Kumbaya and make lots of money. <laughs> and that's simple. And it's not that we necessarily really get 10 over some, some will get 20, some will get, but a lot of them will get zero. So I won't make an investment unless I can see that your business is what I call an exponential entrepreneur mm. and a 10x business. Mm. So you've got to show me there's, for one, you've got technology that's 10x better than, than your competitor if you want venture capital money. You've got a market that really is big. Mm. You've probably got the best team on the planet. Mm. You've got, as I said, your technology is 10 times better than everything else, and, you, and you've got traction. So if I see you've got those three things, I call it the three T's, the mm. best team. You've got uh, technology that's better than else in the market, and you've got great traction. And I'm seeing you growing 10, 20, 30 percent month on month. I'm there because I know if we can keep that that uh, that sort of growth up, and we are very hard touch and help you create those distribution channels and create more customers that will help you get more customers. We potentially will achieve that 10 times return over over the five years. When, when, Oh, no. we go. They always say that investors shouldn't be the reason that entrepreneurs succeed. Entrepreneurs should try and succeed on their own without the investors. And then, you know, that's when the investors really can see the traction and the teamwork aspect to it. What I also wanted to ask you is that women tend to, when they create and start their businesses, they it's theirs for a lifetime. I think when men start and create their businesses, they do it to sell their business again. Does that uh, define you wanting to fund businesses? Whether that's going to be wanting to be sold or being kept as in their own business. I think you, and if I was to put it in a different word, exit strategies, I think the, that's what, that's what the we're word. talking about here. Thank, thank you. Clive? So I don't, you know, for us, I mean, the first Thanks. question we ask any entrepreneur of many questions is, do you, what do you, what, what's your long-term goal for this business? Because if they want to hand it over to their children and they want to keep it forever, that's not a, it's not, it might be a good business, but it's not a venture capital investable business. Because mm. the only way we give our returns to our shareholders is by exiting businesses, by selling businesses. Oh, so I don't see, for us, we invest in women, we invest in men, but it's really that they have to have this, Day one, you start with the, 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 the end in mind, and the end in mind is to exit the business at a certain amount of money. Okay. And as long as that's their vision, we will help them get there. And if we can exit in three years for, for the better, if we can exit in five years or seven years, we want to exit that business so we can give the returns back to our shareholders. And I always say to the entrepreneurs, if we can do that and you own still a nice piece of your business, you're going to be, you've created financial independence for yourself. So that's a win-win for every party. So going back to the point, I'm very, very impressed when I see an entrepreneur that is been resourceful, that is bootstrapped, that has gone out and done a hell of a lot themselves, got a couple of initial clients, got a distribution channel. That, to me, is what impresses me. Because if that they can do without us, imagine what we can do as a team. Correct. Collectively. Correct. We can really, Correct. we can exponentially grow that business. And that's why I call them exponential entrepreneurs is what I'm looking for. The guys that can take the business, not 10 plus, 10 percent plus, but 10 times. Mm, 10 times. And that's yeah. what I'm looking for in an entrepreneur that I invest in. Mm, no, no, very, very, very nice. Let's, um, let, I want to go back to that TED talk that, that we looked at and because he, he did, he highlighted the, these five areas and maybe we can just 
speak through them very quickly quickly with you and have your opinion on, on each, please. So the, the first, and the, again, there was an order here. Funding was definitely lost. Uh, so he speaks about ideas first. Just if, if, if we say ideas to you, you say... Well, I think I must be honest with you. We don't invest in ideas. You know, okay. to me, idea, and I'll be honest with you. And in fact, even the product is probably the least important part of the whole mm. equation when you want when you want a venture capitalist to invest in you. The product is important, but relative to the team and relative to the traction, the product is the least important thing. Because mm. I always believe, you know, you can have a fantastic team with a mediocre product, and they will change the product, and they will be a success. Mm. You know, the best product in the that world. Before. I've I've read that tweet, Clive, but go, yeah. I've read that tweet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, a, a, a mediocre team with the best product in the world is not going to make a business of it. So. We don't invest in products. We don't invest in ideas. We invest in businesses, mm. early stage businesses that don't have to be post profit, but they must just have some revenue and they must show the growth. And that's what I like to see. So ideas are a dime a dozen. There are <laughs> millions of ideas, but there's not millions of million dollar entrepreneurs. And that's what we are looking for. And that's what this country needs. I know. Are the people that can take that idea and it's all about action and move that idea Correct. into a business. And if we had more Execution. of that. Correct. I think we'd create more jobs, we'd reduce the inequalities in this country, and we'd increase the GDP, et cetera, et cetera. But on a day in itself, unfortunately, there are millions of them out there. You know, I'm, I'm amazed by, by what you're sharing because there are these incubators and a lot of organizations that have the best intentions and they, come, they go in at the idea at the idea phase, but I know what happens in those incubators, by the way, just to all, the, all of you that are listening, they do try and change the ideas. So they actively try and assist you to say, okay, actually this idea is not so great. Let's tweak it a little bit. Let's change it a little mm. bit. Point number two is team. You're very strong on team. You were, the last time you were in studio with us, you were strong on team. Uh, there, there's the word, team, Clive. Well, the top three criteria for investing are team, team, and team. Okay. And I think I want to qualify that because too many times I see the, I, I see the solo founder. I see the eye. I see the one person trying to build a business. And I must be honest with you, it's unlikely, I'm not saying impossible, but unlikely our, our, our company, GrowTech, will invest in a single founder because it's just mm. too hard. Mm. Now, if you look at the skills you need to grow a business, mm. I mean, for me, you need someone that can make the stuff and someone that can sell the stuff. Just simply, someone who knows finance, yep. someone who knows business acumen, blah, blah, blah. But typically, if you've got a technology company, you've got the software engineer who's built the tech, doesn't make them a business person, doesn't make them a salesman, and they typically don't know how to sell, typically. And, and you don't want to force them to become that. You want them to be focusing to on their strengths. Tech. Yeah. I don't want to, because if you force them to do something else, for one, they won't be good at it, but second, they'll stress them. Mm. And they are good at tech. They like being behind the PC. Let them do their tech. Mm. But they need a co-founder that can be the business person, salesperson, entrepreneur. And I found if you look at anywhere in the world, look at Steve Jobs, you look at um, any Microsoft, you look at uh, Apple, they all had co-founders, in all honesty. None of them did it themselves. Mm. They had a, if you look at Steve Jobs, yeah, they had uh, Wozniak. He was the technical genius. Great, Jobs was the marketing. Great, just, great example. It's a great example. And, and that's what I keep on saying to guys. Go and find a partner. No, but I want to be 100%. I want to own 100% mm. of my equity. But 100% of nothing is nothing, unfortunately. Mm. Rather own 50% or 60% of a huge business because that's going to create you financial independence than have 100% of nothing. So the key thing to me, one is not a team. It takes so many different types of skills to build a team. And just quickly on that, what do you need? You need, for one, you need business acumen. You need mm. sales skills. You need finance skills. Second, you need industry domain skills. If you're selling in the retail industry, you need to understand that that retail industry. And thirdly, you need whatever the technology that you're working on, you need those technology skills. So there's a multitude of skills. And unfortunately, I've never come across in all my years of building so many businesses, come across one person that has all those done, all it, done it all. Yeah. Uh, business model. Let's talk about that. The importance and value for a VC like you. 
Well, I'll tell you, I mean, this is probably a, a hotly debated topic. And, uh, and we've, we've, might... it's, sorry to interject. We've spoken about this time and time again on yeah, the show. Yeah. So clarify, dear legend, Clive. No, I think I think I think there's too much emphasis from the old days and the MBAs and people that go and do all that. You talk about MBAs later, mm. but they'll learn about the importance of a business case. So mm. write up your business case, send it to your venture capitalist, make it 50 pages long, make it look sexy, make it have all the you know the optics look really good. But in all honesty, I don't read a business case. I'll be honest with you. So what impresses me, I like the executive summary of a business case, the two three pages, because then I can read. I like it to be crisp, clear, get to the point that I can understand what the business does, how it's going to make money, what customers they got, what problem they're solving. And what the solution is. And you can do that in two to three pages. In all honesty, you, in fact, you can do it in a page. But what impresses me a lot more than a 50-page business plan is a business model. Where yeah. someone has actually taken the, the, the Osterwald and nine <laughs> building blocks of a business model and from the customer segments to the value proposition to the channels that you're going to go to market to how you're going to form customer relationships to, to how you're going to generate revenue, your costs, your resources, your activities, those nine blocks – I know you've thought through your business. And typically, the only way you can do that is to actually get out and speak to customers. Mm-hmm. So I keep on telling the guys, get out your building. There's no customers in your building. So get out of your building, go and speak to your customers, and actually work out those nine blocks of the business model canvas. And that's the pivot. You don't need to pivot on the product because the product is actually the solution. So I keep on explaining your product is not your product. Your product is the solution. And the solution is the business model canvas because maybe your product's fine, but your revenue model might be mm. the thing that just needs the little pivot that can actually make it work. Yeah, we were speaking of uh, uh, just sure. as a quick example of going to market. How, how do you how do you get market penetration in a world that is so inundated with all sorts of different things? Uh, I think that's what we're talking about here. We need to tick all those boxes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's so many good ideas out there, and there's so many there's, there's so much for us as a venture capital. Anyone who's got capital, there's so much choice. So you have got to be better than the next person for, for, for you to get capital. Mm. So if, you, if you've really thought through the nine blocks of the business model and you've really thought through who your channels are, what are the key resources, how you're going to make money, what's your value proposition, who your customer segments are. Because what I don't like is when I see someone, they say, no, but I'll sell to the consumer. I'll sell to this vertical, that vertical, this vertical. And actually, they become a jack of all trades and a master mm. of none. I like focus. Okay. I like them to focus first on one geography, one vertical, okay. dominate that, and then go horizontally to other verticals or maybe other geographies. But too many entrepreneurs, are, you know, they've got this, let's throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Mm. And they try to become the, the, the jack of all trades and what they become is a me too company. Yep. So focus, focus, focus is one of the, probably the most critical areas of an entrepreneur. And I tell entrepreneurs, it's wow. not what you say yes to. It's you've got What's to learn how to say, say no. no. Yes. Mm. You know what? Just to be on a, touch, a, a personal uh, aspect of me, Clive, you asked me how I was doing off air. And you know what? I know what I don't want to do. Rather, I know what I want to do. I think that's better than the the adverse. You know what I mean? I know the kind of business that I don't want to have. So you saying that really just made me feel a little bit better about my business future and business en- endeavors. Thank you. Know, you. you know, by the way, Libby, yeah. what I hear Clive saying here is that he has seen many, many business ideas or business plans that are exactly the same product, but the differentiator is in the things that we've been speaking about now. Correct. And Clive is nodding. Um, let's, uh, we're, we're running out of time so here. Can you believe last it? Last two, last two. <laughs> well, well, we've spoken quite a lot care. about funding that last one. I don't care. I don't think we can have Clive as long as we want. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, the, the last one, and, and again, now in this TED talk, um, the gentleman, and I forget his name, uh, Clive, you'll Bill know. Gross. Bill, yes. Uh, he highlights that this is now the stand out um, feature or stand out opportunity that an entrepreneur is going to be taking advantage of and it, it's timing timing is everything in a business all these other things they they are important but timing is everything 
Clive. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've read the Bill Gross, and I mean, he's built 200 companies. He looked at what uh, what what the businesses that failed and why did they fail, and did an empirical analysis of that. Yep. He looked at the businesses that succeeded, and he came up the number one reason for those failures. The number one was actually timing. So either you brought something out too early, yep. and 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 he and he often and he said often that if it brought it out two three years later because the internet was faster, bandwidth was cheaper, there was yep. more, there was like a Facebook was out there, that same business would have been a success. So timing is critical. You need to look at that. I mean, if you take Africa right now with mobile penetration going across Africa, if you want to get into a mobile business, an e-commerce business, a, a business around data, artificial intelligence, the timing is now. Mm. You know, the timing really is now because Africa is going to have 800 million potentially smartphones by 2020. Now, think about that as an opportunity. But five years ago, where Africa had hardly any penetration with smartphones, you might have brought out the best, you know, the, 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 the best solution, but there was no market for it. Because remember, products don't make money. Markets make money. Customers make money. Traction, distribution. That's where you make your money mm. from. So timing to me, and every business I look at, I say, is it the right time? Number one, if it's the wrong time, Obviously, that's not going to be come back in two years' time, or you've missed, you've actually missed the boat. It's too late. And I think on the t- the point of timing, timing is not uh, you know you get that bell curve with early adopters and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera as you go along. Um, I think timing from a venture capital and a funding perspective is mm. not the early adopter phase. Is that mm. correct? Is that would you would you agree with that? Although maybe the returns could be higher, but the 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 timing of the funding is going to be beyond maybe the scope of of the venture capitalist. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, if it's too early and we're going to have to invest and invest in marketing, and if it's too early often, you have to invest in educating the market. Yes, exactly. Tell them about this is a new technology, this is what it's going to do for you, because if you're operating in a new segment, the biggest challenge about operating in a new segment, like Apple did with the iPad many, many years ago, is actually educating the market why this is something that I need. Because if you go into a current segment and all you're doing is making something faster, cheaper, better, you can do that. You know there's customers, you know there's buyers, mm. you know the business model. It's not hard to do that. you just got to be better than your competitor. Yep. Mm. But going to a completely new segment, it's very, very expensive to actually educate the market. So that's a timing issue. Mm. And you're going to need a big, big, big balance sheet to, to actually fund mm. until you can educate the market to get through that initial phases. And then you get the, the take on with the, with the majority. Of people. Interesting conversation, eh, Louis? Look at, I mean, I'm feeling so educated. Man, Clive, you keep it real. You really, really do. Yeah. And you really raise the bar on, you know, this is what you need to do, entrepreneurs, you know, and it's not easy. It's never going to be easy, but with men like you around, you know, you just, the glue that binds. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, I know. Thank you. And unfortunately, we have run out of time, but we are very, very grateful yeah. to you, Clive. And you blow us, you blew us out of the water again. Yeah, as per usual. As and, per usual. Um, and we know that sure. each and every one of you that are listening have picked up some really, really important funding advice uh, as, along with um, some other very, very important advice for your either startup or your small business as you grow. Sure. All right. We're going to be back after the break. Uh, we're going to be talking to MBA or not to MBA. Is it worth the investment? Do you feel like you're a little bit naked without it? Are you the, are you the emperor um, <laughs> nice. uh, you know, the, without any clothes when you walk into nice. a room and they're looking for an MBA candidate but you don't have one? Are, are these some of the feelings that you are feeling? Well, listen to this conversation right after this. Cliffcentral. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.